Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Our guest today, good friend of mine, Kelsey Brown, Chief Strategy Officer at WebMax. Um, We'll talk a lot about what they do in the industry. Going to be a very kind of technology-focused conversation right now. Kelsey, we've known each other for a while. I see you at just about every conference, so really appreciate you coming on today. Anytime, Jim. Love you, brother. Whatever you, know, you were one of uh, I know uh, we've been trying to do this for a while. So happy, happy we were finally uh, had the stars collide here. Yeah, you invited me, and then you disinvited me, and then you invited me again. So I'm it happy. It wasn't a disinvite. It was oh, hang on, we're wrapping up this season. So we just wanted you to have a really prime slot for for the season here. So, All good, brother. Yeah. Well, great. Um, so. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into, you know, WebMax and the mortgage technology space. I know it's kind of a, not a typical road. Um, no. So, I mean, my background is really in finance. I went to school for finance. Um, and then I joined the Navy actually enlisted into the Navy and in the Navy, I was a, uh, I was a dispersing clerk. So right back into finance, right. Uh, handling money and everything else. But, um, you know, I did six years in the Navy, actually a very, I sh- maybe should have stayed in, but, you know, I love what I do now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was meritoriously advanced to E5 for, for my work. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, good career there. But a lot of things that the Navy taught me, um, I think, really kind of paved the way for me to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the Navy, they teach you fast, which means you have to learn fast. Right. And then they want you to do a job, but they want you to do that job quickly. And they also want you to do that job accurately. Mm-hmm. So that's what I live by today. I yeah. learn quick. I'm a sponge. And, uh, you know, I uh, I try to get the job done as quickly and as professionally as mm-hmm. possible. Uh, a little bit more on that, um, you know, when I got out the Navy, I was in and around real estate for, you know, at that point, I've, I've already gone to real estate school prior to going into the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming out, jumped into title, still had my real estate license. So doing mm-hmm. stuff there, did a little bit of mortgage. Um, and uh, I did not, I did not see myself like getting into technology, like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most that I knew was I had a Yahoo account for email uh, and that that was it. And uh, there, there was this company called Screen Dreamer. Uh, they did IDX websites, which mm-hmm. IDX is Internet Data Exchange, basically pulling um, properties from the multiple listing yeah. service and updating it on a website. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, one of the first to actually do that. And I applied for this job. It was like a sales job, appointment setting, mm-hmm. and you know, I got into it, and mm-hmm. I loved it. But unfortunately, I wasn't very good at setting appointments. I had yeah. no idea what, like, what I was talking about. I was learning and they only gave me like two weeks and yeah. they terminated me, oh. like done, terminated. So what wound up happening was um, a few days later, I get a call from the president uh, and, and co-founder of that company inviting me to come back to have a conversation about another role. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, everybody really, um, you know, they they liked you. Like, whatever you did, whatever you said, um, you know, everybody wanted me to reach out to you for this particular role. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to kind of run our success department. And, you know. I had another opportunity um, that I wasn't too excited about at the time. Uh, so obviously I went with the success role. Mm-hmm. 
it right back into technology. Right. And this time when I got in, you know, a little bit more time to actually learn everything. Yeah, more than, uh, more two, than weeks. two weeks anyway. Mm -hmm. So I started to learn HTML. I started to learn CSS. I started mm -hmm. to learn .NET or ASP.NET. Mm -hmm. uh, I started tinkering with servers. Like I wanted to be the most well-rounded employee that they had so mm -hmm. that I wouldn't get terminated ever again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I created additional revenue lines with search engine optimization. Like that mm -hmm. was new uh, back then. Yeah. And um, like nobody really understood it, you know, um, except like the old black hat tactics where you just put the keywords in the bottom, mm -hmm. you know, screen, yeah. same color as the footer, right. and, you know, but that's black hat tactics. You get rejected for that type of stuff. So I took the time to actually learn how mm -hmm. to do it. And then that was a product line that I sold for that company. And I rode that wave all the way until the exit uh, of, of that company. Mm -hmm. And one of the other co-founders invited me to kind of start up Webmax with them. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing this like ever since. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, my, my customer service skills, uh, my attention to detail, which I got from the Navy. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, my ability to learn quickly and to produce uh, quickly and accurately, mm -hmm. um, plus all of the technology that I've learned really kind of made me the guy that you see today. Yep. So, yeah, that's my journey. I no. mean, there's a bunch of other stuff that's in there that I probably left out and maybe for good reason, but, you know. Can sprinkle it in through throughout the episode. So, and it sounds, um, was is it, is it the Navy that has the seven piece? Was that? Is it the seven Ps? Is it the Navy? The um, was it pre-perfect preparation prevents piss poor performance? That's great, but I've actually never heard. Okay, of that. then maybe that was either might have been a different. Brand it might be the Navy. Hey, yeah. maybe not my Navy, not the yeah, Navy. Fair I enough. I heard that. I'll I'll have to look that up. But um, <laughs> so um, so obviously, it seems like Webmax right websites were were an entry point right and and. There probably was a time where an idea of a good website was a game changer for a business, right? Now it's yeah. now it's table stakes, right? So how how can you get companies going beyond kind of just the idea of like we just need a website, right? Like how how do you use that as an entry entry point into all of the other things that a lender has to do tech, technology wise? Well, I mean, I think COVID really put things into perspective for a, mm -hmm. a lot of lenders, understanding that they needed the right tech stack uh, to mm -hmm. be successful. Because um, brick and mortar is, yeah. I won't say a thing of the past, but it, it's mm -hmm. it's faded. You know, companies are now struggling to bring their employees back into the offices. Mm -hmm. And you know, now, you know, we're communicating uh, like we are today. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're also leveraging other technologies to, to be able to, you know, replace what we did in the past mm -hmm. websites have all in my opinion websites have always been one of the most important things that any company lender bakery mm -hmm. you know whatever yeah. you are uh should have uh because it is your online store it's mm -hmm. the new brick and mortar it's where you yeah. house all of your information it's where you house all of your tools especially in the mortgage in the mortgage industry you need those tools. Uh, people need to know, they need to be able to self-educate themselves yeah. on the different products that you offer because 
they're not running to pick up the phones and they're not running your office anymore. So you can't just mm. tell them these things. They need to read them, let it resonate with them. And then if they have additional questions, you need to have the tools in place to be able mm. to answer those questions. And that can be website, that can be chat, that can yeah. be, you know, text message feature that's on your website. Mm-hmm. That can be intuitive, you know, contact forms that mm-hmm. uh, kind of have like a, a certain level of artificial intelligence in them to mm-hmm. where it's automatically answering questions for you. Um, but this is what the lenders need to, to kind of take into consideration is everything really starts with the website. Mm-hmm. You know, point of sale, that became a huge thing with with Rocket with Rocket yeah. Morgan. Right. You know, yeah. you got plan, you got Roostify, you got me, which I'm I'm really good at that too. So yeah. you want to talk to me about that? Let's talk. But um, you know, they don't just land on a point of sale application. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have they, there needs to be an entry point. Right. Like, and I said this on a, on another podcast maybe about two years, three years ago, yeah, before COVID. Um, you know, when you go into Macy's or any department store. You don't just run to the cash register. Mm-hmm. You do your shopping first. Yeah, right. That's what the website is. The website yeah. is, is the is the is where you get your shopping, mm-hmm. done. and then you can get to the POS and then all of those other features that kind of yeah uh, facilitate the, the loan. Well, there. something like a POS is a is a tool, right? It's a funnel. And unless you have enough people coming into the top of the funnel, that doesn't really matter how good of a funnel, how good of a tool your POS is. Right. Because you're not able to actually get people into it. Well said, my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was um, one thing I, I saw. I was recent, um, you know, with the idea of kind of online reputation. And, you know, I'll look at people's websites before I make a judgment on any business. Um, so, like, that's how you look legitimate. Right. Like, do you have a website that explains what you do? Right. Um, I saw um, something online that um, they have a theory that the best Chinese restaurants have exactly three and a half stars on Yelp. So the idea is like they don't have five stars, so they're not overpriced. They don't really care about service, but they have great, wonderful, authentic food. And like that's the sweet spot. right? You're never going to hear that about a mortgage company. You're never going to hear, oh, this company that has three and a half stars on Google is really the company to go to. Right. So I don't think every anyone else is going to really have that that kind of luxury. So we're living in a world where that online reputation can be really, really important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have companies that built themselves around that uh, experience.com, Podium, you Mm -hmm. know, other companies out there. So Mm -hmm. sure. And one early on when I was calling um, on potential clients, um, I explained what I did and I got um, an an ops manager at a company and they said, oh, our owner doesn't really like the Internet. (laughs) And this was probably this is probably 2013, 2014. Right. And I and I feel like we've come a long way um, from that point where, you know, people want as much on their website as possible. Right. And almost almost too far in the other direction where they assume everything's going to happen online, right? right? How have you seen that transfer in terms of the the types of ways lenders view their websites and what they want their websites they do to do? Like, do they think this is going to be like a silver bullet at the end of the day? I think for the most part, every lender today thinks their website is going to be the silver bullet. And some really have that silver bullet, mm-hmm. um, uh, but others, you know, it's it's just to me, in my opinion, is yeah. it's just a website. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few to kind of elaborate on that. There's a few um, uh, 
a few things that you know every lender should consider when doing their website. Yeah. Uh, and and number one, that's making sure that you have enough content to tell your story or mm-hmm. what, what your products are. Mm-hmm. Making sure you have the tools to to tell you. Uh, or to tell their visitors how much they can afford and what their pricing is going to look at. Hey, mm-hmm. Webmax does that. So do you. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, also they want to make sure that it's a very user interface, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or user experience, I should say. So all of that content should be able to, you should be able to navigate to that mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should be able to, again, self-educate themselves right through your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it should have all of the call to action in place as well. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that the apply nows are in the right place or pre-qualifies in the right mm-hmm. place or click here to you know contact us is in the right place. Right. And additionally, that's not it, right? Because yeah. you right now you have a good website that has good content. But what differentiates you, the lender, from everybody else? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what that is. It's your culture. Yeah. If culture is not coming through your website, you missed the mark. Well, so. then how do you get that culture in your website? How do you? I think, I think it's a balance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's what you provide, uh, but also what you can get your web vendor uh, to receive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, you're, you're, whoever you're working with for the website is going to be the one that's designing it and, and yeah. coming back to you back and forth. And if they mm-hmm. don't understand your message, they're not going to deliver your message the proper way. Well, how um, many lenders don't understand their own message, right? Yeah, like, oh, we have experience. We're, we're the place to work for, right? Like, there's a lot of that going yeah. on, too. Um, but, uh, you know, I urge I urge everybody, if you're a business owner and mm-hmm. you have your own business, you need to find your identity and make sure that you know you can push that through your website because really that's what differentiates you from mm-hmm. everybody else. Everybody has the same rates. Yeah. You know, you might be a point or point up, point down. You might be able to do certain things that yeah. this lender, you know, can't do, but mm-hmm. it's all the same. So yeah. how do you differentiate yourself? Right. And then I also feel like, you know, you make a new website, everything's up to date, right? And then at that point. It slowly deteriorates. Oh, no, you have to stay on top of that. Right. Like just slowly over time. Right. Because if you don't, our our sale, our marketing manager, Elena, who's a co-host on this podcast, she makes our marketing team do a website audit every year yeah. and they dread it. But things change like, oh, that information's out or we don't have that partnership. We don't have oh. that product anymore. This is different. Right. Like it absolutely changes. Yeah. Your website website should never be stagnant. Um, you should always have fresh content uh, going to your website. You can do it a few different ways. You can put it right in a blog for uncategorized content. Yeah. Uh, or if you have product updates, you can have a product mm-hmm. update page and then make sure you're actually updating the, the product pages. Yeah. Um, but then there's also compliance changes too. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one that came up and actually stung a lot of lenders is ADA compliance. Mm-hmm. You know, your website's not configured for uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, and guess what? <laughs> now you're behind a legal suit, uh, because, yeah. because of it. And now you're paying hefty fines to, you know, yeah. settle on that suit. We've had to do that with our interface too, just for like visual impairment and other yeah, things. And it's, it's important. And yeah. you'd be surprised how many lender websites are not ADA compliant. Yeah. And there's tools out there that you can use as well. Some of them better than others. But, um, you know, uh, lenders still have a long way to go. And I think we all know that that's that's what the whole digital mortgage movement really mm-hmm. was. 
you know, first let's let's figure out how to connect all of the products. Yeah. Let's learn how to move this this industry into you know today's you know to the way that things really operate today and not mm-hmm. what it was before. And how do you think that's changed in in this market that we're in now? Not only I, with COVID pushing people to be digital probably faster than they would want, but right. also like in a more competitive a market where refis have dried up. Are folks now just leaning on this as a differentiator or trying to? Um, I think they're doing what they can do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think the ones the ones that invested in this earlier on, and, and there's a lot of, of yeah. lenders that I actually give credit to. Some of them don't use my system, so don't think I'm, I'm, I'm it's no biased yeah. answer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they invested in good website solutions. Mm-hmm. They invested in their IT dev team. They invested in their online marketing. And, you know, those are the ones that are, are crushing it. And then you have the guys who are now just kind of responding to what the market has become, responding mm-hmm. to covid uh, and, and they're playing catch up, mm-hmm. uh, but they know everybody has to do it. Shoot, I have to do it. We have yeah. to be on social media. We have to make sure that we have a good online presence. Yep. Um, because if if we don't, what is it? What is it? My mom used to tell me out of sight. Out of mind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, it's amazing, too, when I come to conferences and and how much of the interactions with people and how much they perceive about you just based off that online presence. Oh, absolutely. That's what I get all the time of, oh, you guys are doing all these things. I'm like, yeah, we're posting about it. So I guess so, right? Like it's. Okay. You know, people know people from online. That's how you're you're known now. Like think think the Lila Ramos um, with her taco. Taco. Yeah, she's an upcoming guest. Yep. No. Half the people that know her don't know her. <laughs> yeah, you just you see her. I mean, it's it's yeah. infectious, you know. She does, and and she told me I need to be better at this too. Yeah. Uh, when I saw her in Nashville, love Delilah, but she told me hey, you need to do more video. Yeah. Well, here <laughs> yeah. you are, but also I think part of it is it has to feel authentic at the end of the day. It has it to does. be something you would look forward to, or else it's going to feel like work, and you're going to push yourself. To do it at the beginning of this podcast, you were talking about starting one, right? And part of I, I started it, I think January 2021, uh-huh. and it replaced those in-person interactions that were just lacking, right? Right during during COVID. So for me, that was kind of it was like great. I get to talk to more people again. Right. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, so this that is where was kind it's of at. The, the podcast is where it's at. These yeah. Zoom meetings is where it's at. I mean, I love it. It yeah. it it allows me to actually see what you're doing while you're talking to me, like yeah. you know. Um, I mean, I still like the the in-person interaction. I got to give you a handshake when I see you and all of that stuff, but this will do. No. And I remember we had Zoom before the pandemic and I wouldn't have my camera on or most people would feel weird having their camera on. And now it's just the the new normal. You know, I sit most of my day is is this. I sit on Zoom meetings Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of little boxes and they're all black with like the the initials. Maybe sometimes there's a picture in it and it's me. It's my smiling face because my camera has to be on. I don't care if yours is off. You're going to see me because this is me in your face. Well, also, I I think generally people are nicer to you when they see your face too. That's my theory. So I always like to put my camera on for that reason too. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's my theory, at least. So you talked a lot about technology and having kind of a butted up website with with SEO and a lot of those things up front. But mm-hmm. what about the people? What what are your people actually doing at the end of the day, right? Because a website's great, but like, how do you then use that technology to leverage 
your what loan officers do, what processors do, what what all the staff would do at a mortgage company. Right. Um, so our technology actually begins before the mortgage-based website. Um, yeah. So we still do, like I do, IDX websites. So mm. I can actually generate leads from realtor-based websites yeah. and kind of carry those leads right into a mortgage-based sure. website so that they can get all the knowledge and information yeah. that they need. But then we also do digital point-of-sale applications. Mm. We do loan funnels. We do yeah. lead funnels. Um, you know, all of those. Yep. But to clarify, then, how did you how do your clients, how do the lenders take advantage of that, too? Because, you know, getting leads is great. But if you don't call them, nothing's going to happen. Right? right. So how do you actually leverage the the people component of, of a lender's business? Um, right. Use that technology to drive that forward. So lenders aren't entering information. They're not, you know, doing prospecting. They're actually able to leverage their time. Well, I mean, it, there, that's it's loaded. Uh, there's yeah. a lot that they can do. Um, obviously, you know, we work mm-hmm. with other solutions like um, CRMs and loan origination systems and yeah. even some video platforms like Vid- Vidyard and um, mm-hmm. there's one that we're looking at now, BombBomb as well, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of offers that uh, offers that 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 type of community automated communication, but also makes it feel authentic as well. Mm -hmm. You can do that with some of those platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, it's just up to us to educate the lenders on what's out there and and how they should be using the system, understanding what they're doing today and how some of these automated systems can actually help them. Mm -hmm. And education is key uh, to kind of get them to that particular point. So a lot of these lenders, like we were just talking about it, like Mm -hmm. they don't they have no idea. Like what what technologies are available to yeah. them um so without mm-hmm. that education uh yeah and i think they they, they think that especially you know um, millennials or, or gen z is going to do everything online right that's, and that's not, not that's not necessarily true no so you know text message has been uh like a big thing that's not mm-hmm. online that's a text right. message but your website should be able to send SMS text or mm-hmm. your website should be able to send um, send information to right. a CRM, which will then in turn turn into mm-hmm. an SMS campaign. Right. Also, a lot of these guys like to pick up the phone, too, yeah. um, especially if they recognize the phone number. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going away anytime soon. No, right? no. You know, no. as long as you got one of these. Pick up the phone. What did he say? What did the Wolf of Wall Street say? Pick up the phone. Your rent is due. Pick up the phone. You can still do that. Um, but you can also leverage yeah. some technology. I heard a stat. So I think 70% of home buyers go with the first lender that they speak with. Right? That so, is true because they, you, give, they give them so much information up front and the lender's already telling them you're pre-approved. Right. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing then? Uh, well, they're not shopping it around. It's yeah. a bad thing for the for the home buyer. Um, you know, you need to see what your options are. Yeah. You need to see what loan types are being offered. Yeah. Um, you know, what 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 comes along with those loan types as well. Um, there's different types of first time home bo- home yeah. buyer uh, programs that are out there. New Jersey has one mm-hmm. um, right now. I, I think it's uh, you get ten thousand yeah. uh, dollars towards your closing and um, down payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which is great for a first-time home buyer. Yeah. In some counties, I think they've even raised that to fifteen thousand. Wow. But there's there's also things that you need to know about that loan as well. Like you have to be in a home for five years, right? Um, or you or you're responsible for paying that that back. Yeah. Um. So you know, 
these mortgage companies are offering all of these different programs and it sounds great, but you're not reading all the fine print and you're right. not seeing what the other companies are. Well, offering. then that's, that gets speaks to the job of the loan officer, right? To educate, it, it, educate it people does. on that. Like I, it does. Yeah. but you know, there's not a lot. And I, I say this a lot because, you know, um, uh, I think it's important that loan officers as trusted advisors uh, do a better job at educating, yeah. uh, you know, home buyers it, it needs to happen especially in, in my community you know um you know really? hey the, the black community I'll, yeah. I'll just say it minorities mm-hmm. um you know we're not as experienced as is is yeah. you know everybody else there's questions that a lot of our you know youth have because their parents mm-hmm. never owned a home yeah um or never even tried to you know to to, to get a home loan mm-hmm. or anything like that so education is definitely key Right. Um, and loan officers need to do a better job at it. But also, you know, as the as the borrower or home buyer, mm-hmm. you need to self-educate yourself as well. Yeah. Right. I mean, so many, so many millennials and Gen Z just go, hey, my parents work with this person. Let's work with them. Right. And if you don't have that example, it's very difficult. And I think lenders in some cases do a sloppy job of trying to market to groups outside that you know, quote unquote mainstream, right? You right. see the same with with Spanish speaking borrowers. You know, you can't just slap say habla espanol onto your uh you know your website and and actually like be able to market to people. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We have translation tools by the way. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so how do you lenders who are able to, you know, go I just want to end with this question. So lenders who are able to communicate well to whether it be the black community or other folks who are traditionally like not um you know, underrepresented in terms of home buyers, like how do you how do you want to see lenders doing a better job of that, or how have you seen the folks who do a good job of that? Oh, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot mm-hmm. of video tutorials from certain loan officers um, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not on Facebook too tough. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. I'm on I'm on Facebook. Yeah. but I, I'm not always very active on yeah. Facebook. But when I do go on there, my algorithm shows me loan officers right. or mortgage tech and stuff yeah. like that, um, which I actually really enjoy. And mm-hmm. I, I see people doing great jobs with spreading the word through social media. Yeah. Continue to do that. Um, social media is an avenue that we should all be using more of. You know, we mm-hmm. it's the quickest way to get messages out. But mm-hmm. also put that on your website as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can have like an FAQs page or, you know, learning mm-hmm. page, whatever you want to call it. But put it there. So, again, when people are self-serving, you know, they have yeah, the that. ability to find this content yeah. and then they can read through it or watch the video. And if it resonates with them, it's going to stick with them. Yeah. And that's going to give them the ability to pick up the phone or mm-hmm. send you a text message or click a contact form, right. you know, whatever it may be. And just understanding how little people know about this. Like I, I bought my first home over the summer and I got an adjustable rate mortgage and explaining it to, to friends of mine who have finance degrees have no mm-hmm. idea what an adjustable rate mortgage is and why it would be really attractive right now. Right now. Yeah. yeah. With the rates being so high, you get the lower rate. Right. You but get the lower rate by understanding you have a break even period, understanding exactly, how long you have. Like, risk, you know, you kind can of always, the, you can always refinance that. So, yeah. so, um, so the goal would be, you know, right. you, you do you know, adjustable rate mortgage yeah. until rates kind of even out and then right. finance into a fixed rate. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't know any, people don't know a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that, that's great. And I definitely a topic, you know, that's, that that's worth more time. Um, you know, we're already up on our, our time here. It always goes fast. 
Um, yeah. The question we're asking everyone this season, though, is uh, so the idea of a lodestar is a guiding light. It's a north star. So we're asking everyone, what is your personal north star? What's your guiding light? What gets you excited in the morning to go out and you know, do what you do? Well, I, I think I've said this throughout this call. I've always known that I wanted to be in real estate. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've loved it since I was a kid, since mm-hmm. my parents, um, you know, since we moved to New Jersey, yeah. that whole process. And um, for me, you know, it's not really a person. I mean, there's a bunch of people that I, I do think, um, mm-hmm. you know, are inspirational, like uh, Barry Habib, Joe Payne Bianco, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Demola, Matt V, Dave mm-hmm. Savage. But for me, it's knowing that the little things that we do, mm-hmm. you too, me, are helping people get into homes. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the guiding light. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that's something that gets missed all too often um, at the end of the day, like realizing how important these transactions are to people's lives. And it's in many cases, the largest financial transaction that they'll ever have. Absolutely. We're helping these people build generational wealth. We're helping Mm -hmm. them achieve what we call the American dream. Yep. Whether we're providing the technology, selling the loan, selling the home, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, we're part of that transaction. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on. Really appreciate your time, Kelsey. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to have you back. Thanks, buddy. Yep. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcast. I'd like to give a special thank you to the Lodestar team involved in the production of this podcast, including Elena Gardner, Tim Austin, and John Gardner.